Good evening and welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am the Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, and I am the co-pastor of the Emerging Hope Ministries in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm super excited this evening to be welcoming our podcast guest. His name is Wayne L. Bond. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You may be aware of what the lotus flower signifies. The lotus flower is a water lily. Its characteristics are those that open in the morning and close during the night. The lotus flower grows in muddy waters and rises through the murky waters to bloom in a beautiful pink and white flower. It signifies strength as it moves from the dark into the light. It also symbolizes inner strength in that it shows the determination to come out of difficulties. The Lotus Flower podcast aim is to educate, equip, and empower our listening audience while sharing culturally relevant educational topics. Once again, this evening, we are super excited to welcome to our Lotus Flower podcast, Mr. Wayne L. Bond. Mr. Bond has been an employee at Western Michigan University since 2011. He brings experience working with people from all over the world in his role. Wayne seeks to establish a culture in which the decisions and roles taken on by students at Western Michigan University can be refined to prepare them for their aspirations after graduating from WMU. He completed his undergraduate degree at Albion College, where he was a member of Sigma Nu Fraternity and the collegiate basketball team. Wayne completed his master's degree in 2015 within the political science department with a focus on international administration development. He currently has returned to school as a cohort in the WMU sociology master's program. When he's not working or studying, Wayne can be found relaxing with the book or catching up on his favorite shows. When the moment calls for it, Wayne can also be found hiking with his German shepherd, Hangrid, or traveling. While graduating from Portage Central High School in Portage, Michigan, Wayne grew up as a military kid and was exposed to a wide range of languages and cultures, which I'd say has contributed to his well-rounded personality. Mr. Bond, thank you so much once again for joining 
me this evening for the Lotus Flower podcast. I am super excited to have someone of your caliber as a guest on our show this evening. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can hear you just fine. Amazing. Thank you, Dr. Robinson, for having me along on your on the Lotus Flower. It's really, really, really good uh, to be here. A little nervous following up that amazing intro, but again, thank you for your time and for having me. You're very welcome. And um, I wanted, before I talk more about some of the things that you've done with your career, I wanted us to um, get to know you. I know I read your bio, but I wanted us to kind of get to know who you are as a person in terms of some of your life experiences after going through and reading your bio and reading your LinkedIn profile and and doing a, just a Google search on you. I, I, was, <laughs> I was very impressed with what I read. And from the things that I read, I wanted to hear right from you in terms of your volunteer work and all. I, I have read that you have volunteered and still do with the uh, Special Olympics program. Um, and all. Can you tell us a little bit about your volunteer work with that organization and maybe what drew you to want to volunteer with people that um, have different abilities? Very fair. So with my background with Special Olympics is basically since I graduated undergraduate, my some of my best friends from Albion College head up the dist. I can't remember the district Kalamazoo is in, but they oversee the Kalamazoo district as far as Special Olympics, the Rapple J girls, women. Sorry, uh, they've done an amazing job with things like track. I don't mess with the golf, but I more I more specifically do basketball. Mm-hmm. I played collegiate basketball. It's one of my passions and. While I first came out and was coaching and helping out, I initially became someone who did scorekeeping or basically writing or anything that really needed to be filled in just because master's degree and a lot of other things that I had to uh, commit to in life. So I couldn't necessarily be a coach. So roughly over the last 10 years on and off, really being able to jump in and help out with the team or a team or just be there for the initial tournament. Unfortunately, it hasn't been able to be held the last two years because of COVID, right. but I know, I and I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it, but it was their NBA finals. And it's someone who has played collegiately and, you know, wanted to play at another level. It, it was very humbling to be able to see someone who just had fun. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I kind of lost, I have to admit, when I was a collegiate athlete is just that. Let's just hit our hands on the ground and play defense. Let's get excited when someone makes a layup that may have been, may not have thought they could. And it's just being there in that moment, which really makes you grateful, mm-hmm. not only for where I am as a human being, but just to be able to have an impact on many people who unfortunately may go back to not being able to do as much. In the special, like I mentioned, Special Olympics is their their NBA finals, especially for the basketball games. Exactly. And and the reason I started at that place is because it takes a very special person to be able to work with people that may present in a different way. That oftentimes people 
you know, they, they don't take up the time. They don't give people that the time and, and the resources that they need, especially people around your age and, and, and my age or whatnot. They just too busy with their own lives, self-centered. And I started there because it takes a person with, with a big heart and a lot of compassion and empathy and a person that's able to look beyond themselves and want to give back. And that I want, I want to tell you, thank you for for doing that and pouring into people that are part of the Special Olympics program, because I know for sure uh, firsthand that the people that are part of that program, they, they love it when people come alongside of them like yourself and they encourage them and they coach them and they play right on the team with them. Oh my, it makes them feel so special and just so valued. And for you to take the time out of your day to do that, I think it's commendable. So I wanted to start there, you know, because you started with people that typically can be disenfranchised. People can typically be looked looked down upon. Those are the ones that the Bible talks about that are the least of these that you were willing to reach out and help. And for that, I, I thank you. So that's why I started with your volunteering with Special Olympics program. And you've done it for some time now. It's been a, uh, coming up a decade, as I mentioned, I, so the Jessica and Amanda Rappelger are two really good friends of mine, and they are the ones who primarily do a lot of the scheduling for all of Special Olympics in Kalamazoo. So that's, uh, so I always want to give uh, credit to them for being, even inviting me. And let's be honest, I was 23, forcing me in some cases to okay. get up early and help out. But I, it's been an, uh, an opportunity that I have never looked back on. And I thank everyone for allowing me to share their experiences. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And then I also read as I did my Google search on you, Mr. Bond, that you've done oh, some other volunteer work as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about some other things that you've done in, ter in terms of volunteering? Sure. Um, it's it's kind of all over the board. Some of the things I've done is I've taught abroad, for instance. So I have training in ESL, English as a second language. Mm -hmm. I actually spent about four months in Nepal, one of the smaller countries in Asia between China and uh, was it China and India? And <laughs> that was just an experience. It was okay. just a tall person of color. But being able to be in an area that I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you because I think that's something I want you to expound on. You laughed. You said, sure. "What an experience being a person of color." Kind of expound on that. Why did that make you ch chuckle a bit? Well, and I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps just laughing about it. So I my first day just walking around and exploring, and there's a bus of just school kids, and they're just staring at me because. Um, in Nepal, it's so deeply rooted in the in East Asia. There are many black people, regardless, as well as people who are. I'm six five, with six seven with hair, and in general, it's a, a shorter population. So just to see the kids staring at me, no idea, and I give them the what's up, and they all just freak out. All and it's like <laughs> schoolboys, and they're like, oh. <laughs> so it was just one of those things and when I got to the village where I taught at it was even more so that of being stared at and it's not the type of staring to where it and unfortunately in some places of the United States where you may not feel as welcome 
This is just pure curiosity. And that was, and that's one of the things that I had, I was 26 at the time. So that's also, it was also a very, it was one of those times when I first made my pivot from being young and rowdy to actually acknowledging, wow. So I really probably shouldn't complain about my internet service when I'm staying in a, a place that really has electricity on a given day. Exactly. We have to, we had to boil our own water and the mm-hmm. latrines. And so it's one of those things to where, and this is 14. So like a lot of technological advances, just mm-hmm. being able to get away where it's just so quiet mm-hmm. and being able to, I read a lot of books when I was there. Mm-hmm. Again, I was teaching, but just overall, just recentering um, at a point in my life where I really, really needed to. I went, so I went to experience other things, but I got a whole nother set of experiences in that, if that makes any sense. It, it makes total sense. That's usually how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> usually when we're giving back and we're serving, we actually are getting some something ourselves, a bigger, a bigger something we get out of it. We don't go looking for that, but that's usually how it ends up. And yeah. all. And within that instance, I learned, I learned a valuable lesson about volunteerism, which I'll never forget. And it's be sure to listen to what's needed and not think you know what they need. Because I took about 40, 50 books out there, restructured library, and basically just recreated a library out there. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there like, you brought all these books, and that's fine, and that's great, but we actually need these types of books. Like, mm-hmm. So for me, personally, that was the first instance where, instead of initially thinking that you know what's best mm-hmm. when trying to help out, try honestly, honestly and effectively listen. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's excellent. That's excellent. Did they did they literally tell you this verbally or you sensed it by their nonverbals? It was a, hey, why is no one really interacting and engaging with the books? And it's, okay. well, we necessarily aren't at this level yet. Like I was taking out like Twilight and all the other long novels, mm-hmm. but in actuality, they needed more of just the helping to read or the, the books I read now more with Wayne Reads. Mm-hmm. Those were the type of books that were more needed, as well as some more STEM books. Mm-hmm. I see. So what lesson did you take away from that? Honest listening being, and not necessarily thinking that just because I'm this American and I come from America and I know exactly what you need and you don't, reaching out ahead of time and saying, I want to do this. What is the best and most effective way of doing it? Or what should I bring? that could uh that's in within the realm mm-hmm. that's I, needed i see and mr bond that after you were there for a while did you see that dismantling and going away that they began to actually reach out and read some of the other materials maybe that you were able to to get, gather up or it was at that point Mm-hmm. At that point, I was teaching. I would see a couple of the younger kids running around with the books, but it was just more of kids just grabbing books. Kids mm-hmm. are kids, no matter where they grow up. So it's a little piece of paper is just a, a whipping toy, pretty much, no matter what, <laughs> what where you're born in. That's so that's so true, isn't it? Isn't it? And all, uh, and I know you've done some other things as well. Do you want to uh, share a bit more about a few of the other volunteer? experiences that you had or, or have? Sure. So um, the most recent one and one of the most substantial is within 
the master sociology master's program, I initiated more of a career workshop for refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2015. So my travels to Nepal were 2014, 2015. I started a new graduate program within the office, uh, Department of Sociology, focusing on refugee integration. Mm-hmm. So I learned from working in Nepal and all this stuff, do not approach this knowing what types of questions to ask. Try to engage in the community and try and th- from there, start asking questions to better understand the needs. Mm-hmm. So roughly 2018, um, I was in Grand Rapids at this point, I'm now back in Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. but in 2018, there was a refugee education center. I just stopped by, hey, can I help out? They immediately had me uh, teach a class. Hmm. No idea what was going on, but when you teach ESL elementary level, you can really pick up no matter where because it's just ABCs kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was monthly to bi-monthly resume workshops, career education, um, Mm -hmm. dealing with the linguistics of working in the U.S. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Time commitments is a big one. (laughs) I love uh, my friends from around the world, but the American work culture is a very, if you are working at seven, you need to be there at 650 type of thing. Yes. And many mentalities coming in are like, oh, we'll be there at 710. It's like, no, not here. You can't do that. (laughs) Right, right, right. and it's not necessarily a, a work ethics thing. It's just a cultural thing. Exactly. So being able to um, update, educate in those factions, um, that led to some another site that I was able to volunteer at, which did, dealt a little bit more of uh, a concise classroom style. Hey, everyone, we're going to do this. We're going to practice this. But unfortunately, COVID put an end to all of those. That's right. And while I know that I probably won't start up similar workshops like that, mm-hmm. I am at a place in life where I've done a similar workshop with my local barbershop with some teenagers. Oh, it's one of those things to where it's re- very repli- replicable. I'm yes. only 33. Yes. So there are lots of avenues that I can take these small things that I've delved into and being mm-hmm. able to implement no matter where I I uh, point my gaze. Exactly. That's the best way of putting it. Yes, it sounds like you have quite a few tools in your toolbox. Just a you bit. You got a hammer, you got some nails, you got some pliers, you got, you probably even have some wire. You know, I'm liking these things to what the skills that you have, just an array of, of things that you can use and, and replicate in other settings. I love the idea of going into the local barber shop where the teenagers hang out and where the conversation is is with the men and actually take utilizing that space you know you have a captured audience there when and utilizing it to teach a resume workshop a teach a writing workshop uh, things of that nature look at how you uh, reframe the situation i was talking to someone earlier today about reframing we use that as in uh, my field of, of of social work I'm a therapist by trade. And we talk about reframing of taking something that could have went one way and turning it another way. So you actually took, you know, that situation in the barbershop and you went in there, they were in there cutting their hair and they're shooting the breeze and all that. Well, you took it and you reframed it in a time in such a way that it became an educational environment. 
And I, I love that, you know, being able to be creative that way. Thank you. And it's a very interesting time because now, and granted, I've been on this trajectory since I've mid twenties, but it's just interesting because I really did not like the Mr. Bond when I was 23. I was working in university and people were like, Mr. Bond, I was like, no, please don't call me that. But okay. now I've earned my grace. I've earned my grace. But okay. at the same time, <laughs> um, I'm at a point where I am starting to become this uh, individual that's looked to. Mm-hmm. And to be completely honest, when I was younger, that was quite terrifying. I'm a military kid. Yeah. So personally, the after my parents had split, uh, unfortunately, their marriage didn't uh, come to fr- last very long. That that it provided me a time of being able to reevaluate and reflect, which has allowed me to be in avenues to where I can, um, for lack of a better word, take an L and I, a lot of things that may not go my way, but also be able to understand that this isn't the end of the world. Um, life is still going to go on. I, necessarily wasn't always happy having everyone know who I was or coming from a small town. But now it is, it's very powerful that for instance, my next door neighbors, unfortunately they had to put their dog down and I had a very emotional reaction that I didn't really know that I could have. But now that I'm in a sense where I'm, you know, I'm a leader in the community and people look to me, Mm -hmm. it's a very, it's a very nuanced time to very, really appreciate Oh, really good. appreciate. Good for you. So, was that did that take quite a while for you to come in unto who you are? Like Long years, time. or did it take years or decades? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm someone who is um, open being a nerd. Yeah. I, I I one of my other YouTube ventures is just covering manga and anime and just mm-hmm. those type of things. However. Up until 26, 27, my friends didn't know I played those games. And though they would consider themselves my best friends, but I didn't want to share that side nice. because I lived up to the, I had the understanding that, oh, you have to be perfect. You have to do this. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. And then up until around three years ago, um, relationship had ended and it kind of really blew apart a lot of the notions that I had for myself. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the final phases that I had to go through in life of just, you can't prepare for everything. You can't mm-hmm. control everything. Mm-hmm. Why is it that you want to grow your hair out, but you don't because you think of, you have this assumption of what people think of you and how you should live to that uh, statue. So roughly, I'd probably say 18, 19 is really when Wayne stopped being and a perfect example I can use is as a military kid, we move all the time. I was giving myself nicknames in every new location. Oh, my. Were you really? Yes. And now it's very, I went from Xavier to X to JR. I'm junior. So JR, mm-hmm. Xavier, all these different, um, all these different nicknames, just mm-hmm. because I never really was settled with who I was. I see. So that's why around 18, 19 is really when. Wayne just was fine being Wayne. And that's why, and uh, to go to the, the YouTube channel, it was originally just going to be called Just Wayne. Mm-hmm. Because I'm finally at a point where I'm just who I am. I understand that people can look, see me as a threat. I'm 6'5 with tattoo, uh, full sleeve of tattoos. And I understand that. But mm-hmm. then they start talking to me and they're like, oh, wait, 
I completely misread everything about you. And I'm like, I understand that. That's something I've always grown up with. People look right. at me, they, they think I'm a meathead jock. And then they right. start, I start talking and they're like, whoa, you're intelligent? What's going on? Right. So it's, this, it's yeah. a very, um, it's a very interesting place to be in in life. That's excellent. And I want my podcast audience to hear exactly what you said, especially young African-American males that are, that are questioning, standing up for who they are because they don't fit the mold of you had to play basketball, you had to play football, you've got to be hypersexual and you've got to, you know, you've got to be aggressive and, and all. And so if you don't fit that mold, then sometimes you'll run from it because you're not accepted and you don't accept yourself. So you can spend 15, 20 years of just going around and around and around the same tree without even acknowledging who you truly are. And you spoke loudly and clearly. I want you to know it's like screaming out when you said, I came to terms with who I am after having all of those nicknames in all these different places, not even wanting to embrace myself and then having people look at me because I'm tall and and I'm and I look a certain way that's assuming that I'm this, that I'm this person. All of that had affected you, but you came to terms with it all and you are now at a place where you know exactly who you are. You're proud of being called Mr. Bond. I heard you say you're proud of being a leader in the community and, and your heritage, where you came from, out of the military family, even out of a broken family, that in itself shaped you. You took that and you spin it around and made it work for you. So those of you that are listening to this podcast this evening, specifically those African-American young gentlemen, I want you to hear what Mr. Bond is saying, that there, there is hope and that you can be yourself you can come into yourself and you don't have to wait until you're 33 like Mr. Bond or you don't have to wait <laughs> until you're in your 50s like me. You don't. Do, do they, Mr. Bond? No. The only thing you have to understand is it's not overnight. Right. And it's not something to where when you do all, you can wait two days to get back up. Okay. But if you keep waiting two days to get back up, where do you want to be at? Exactly. I, I finally, after a lot, a lot of time, finally had to ask myself, what is it that you even want out of life? Mm -hmm. And for someone who I am, so I am one of six, unfortunately, we lost Dominique last year. I am one of, and I'll always say I'm one of six, but my, on my mom's side, I'm one of six boys all within a year of each other. Okay. Um, I'm the only one without kids, without the college degree. And a lot of that did affect mentally. Am I, am I weird? Am I the outside one? Mm -hmm. And finally, just having to have an honest conversation with yourself. And people may say, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. When you get to a point of uh, frustration, both inner and outer, it'll be very, very understanding. And you can't, I can't necessarily tell what that is going to look like for you personally right but what you have to understand is it's, it is your decision mm -hmm. yes there are outside forces but it is your personal decision to say what is it that i want out of life and how far am i going to go to get there exactly exactly yes you and the end of the day it's that man in the mirror that you're looking at and Great that song. is awesome and that is a good takeaway for someone it is 
and I, this leads me right into, into your, um, your YouTube channel. I, I purposely saved, saved it until now. And Mr. Bond, in, in addition to the other volunteer work that he shared, and he didn't share all of it, he <laughs> has also developed a YouTube channel. And I'm going to read a little bit of the excerpt that you gave me. And it says that Wayne Bond of Wayne Reads has always been a fan of literature and has finally found a way to put that passion to use. In early 2020, when the pandemic hit, he did everything he could to try to help out. This ranging from considering joining the National Guard to volunteering at every food drive he could. However, there was never a fit to give back until in February, when a childhood friend that is currently an educator in the Arkansas public school system reached out to me to read to her classroom. Apparently while reading, the class was the best behaved that they had ever been all day. And upon completion, the majority of the questions were asking of me had to do with whether or not I had a YouTube channel. When asking if they would actually watch it, I was met with a resounding yes. And the rest has been history. Mr. Bond has actually developed his own YouTube channel entitled Wayne Reads. And I'm gonna have him tell us a little bit about that YouTube channel. And he's also going to share one of the stories with us from the YouTube channel. Awesome, awesome, thank you. Yeah, so it really began as a random Facebook message in mid-February. I'm studying, I have going on working, of course, and then I get a random message, hey, would you like to read to our class next Thursday? X, Y, and Z. Good friend from Arkansas. It's been decades, literally, since we've seen each other. But they know that I do a lot of volunteering, as apparently is my MO, apparently. <laughs> so after reading, and I read Little Bear. I read three stories out of Little Bear, and it was just quiet. And it was a kind of quiet that you didn't know if, like, you were doing a good job. But it's, like, the good kind of quiet for kids because it means that they're listening. Yes. So it's it's just it was one of those aspects of and I'm an as I mentioned, I'm a nerd. I still follow Pokemon. So mm -hmm. afterwards, they were just asking me questions and they were just like, do you like this? Do you like that? And I was like, I mean, I still like Pokemon. And then that just drove them nuts. <laughs> and that was just me being my authentic self. I'm 33 mm -hmm. years old. Most people my age wouldn't admit that they still like something that they've liked since they were 10. I see. I'm perfectly fine with that now. OK. And. After that, I spent roughly the remainder of the uh, semester in the summer really just finding out more about the fields. There's a huge community of book reviewers and book readers on YouTube. However, they're predominantly female and rarely, barely any people, barely uh, many people of color. So it's just one of these things where I officially launched July 2nd. Mm -hmm. We are we're just crossed roughly 30 subscribers, which is really, really cool. And it's really just been a labor of love. I have a stockpile of books. Some are set to read. This is officially my last um, recording in this office. I will be moving oh. into another apartment. 
So I'm going to have a lot bigger room and a lot more space. Mm -hmm. It's really fun because I have visitors from my adventures. Like every story we read, we go on an adventure. And I find that, especially with kids, the aspect of let's read. Eh, I I have to do things that I don't want to do. Let's go on an adventure. Uh Oh, (laughs) I want to go on an adventure. And it's one of those aspects of, I I said a thousand and one stories just because it's it's a fun goal to set. Who knows if eight years from now I'll reach it. Mm -hmm. But understanding that, especially for young black kids and especially in this class in Arkansas, the two um, beautiful black children were just fixated Mm -hmm. because it's very, very, in many in many settings, it's very unlikely to see someone relatively younger with tattoos, who's tall and black, doing and reading and mm-hmm. enjoying these things. Mm-hmm. So it it allows, and this is something that I didn't get until I found out who Neil deGrasse Tyson was, but gives an example of someone you can look up to who's not just an athlete or a singer or this or that, who's just smart. Mm-hmm. And for young black kids, I, that is a huge, huge thing to have. That's amazing. That's just amazing. So I ask you if you would do a favor for my listening audience and and all share with us one of the stories that you have read on your YouTube channel. And this is actually a story that I, I must say, I did go through and listen to it because I had, I looked at your channel and I was just amazed with the stories and I subscribed to it. So I would, I'm going to encourage my podcast audience to sh- subscribe to Wayne Reads. After he's done reading the uh, book, there will be a link to his YouTube channel. And I want all of you out there to subscribe to his channel and we're gonna make it actually go past the 30 mark. We're gonna go up to a hundred subscribers. Okay. Absolutely love that. So So, yes, Wayne, Mr. Bond, you can go ahead and read that story to us. Thank you. And how I'm going to do this, we're gonna have some fun. It's going to be just like we're in a recording and setting up one of our adventures. So if you want at home to, Say hello and all those things. That's perfectly fine. Let's jump in. Okay. Hello, everyone. Hope you're ready for another adventure. Because today, Wayne reads, I Am Enough by Grace Byers. Keep in mind, since we are on a podcast, being all nice and cool and everything, you won't be able to follow along with the words. However... If you want to get out your book and try and ring along, it's perfectly acceptable. Are you ready to jump in? Because I am. Yes. Like the sun, I am here to shine. Like the voice, I am here to sing. Like the bird, I am here to fly and soar high over everything. Like the trees, I am here to grow. Like the mountains, I am here to stand. Like time, I'm here to be and be everything I can. Like the champ, I am here to fight. Like the heart, I'm here to love. 
like the ladder here to climb and like air to rise above. Like wind, I am here to push. Like a rope, I am here to pull. Like the rain, I am here to pour and drip and fall until I am full. Like the moon, I am here to dream. And like the students, I am here to learn. Like the water, here to swell. And like the fire, here to burn. Like the winner, I'm here to win. And if I don't, get up again. I know that I may cry sometimes, but even then, I am here to try. I'm not meant to be like you, and you're not meant to be like me. Sometimes we will get along, and sometimes we will disagree. I know that we don't look the same. Our skin, our eyes, our hair, our frame, but that does not dictate our worth. We both have places here on earth. And in the end, we are right here to live a life of love and fear, to help each other when it's tough, to say together, I am enough. And always remember that you will always be enough. Thank you for joining me with Wayne Reads, and I can't wait to see you on the next adventure. Bye-bye. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bond. That was excellent. I enjoyed the story. Thank and you. It was very motivating and very true. Tell us where we can actually find your YouTube channel before we end the podcast. Awesome. So it is Wayne Reads, just like John Wayne Reads, R-E-A-D-S. I have um, a lot of, I have roughly 10 entries so Wayne reads the one and only Ivan. That is, I think it just passed over 2000 views, which is pretty insane for a new channel. And I just, uh, Peter Rabbit just came out yesterday, actually, which is a very fun time. But Peter Rabbit is very, very naughty. Okay. <laughs> okay, wonderful. And when you go to the podcast, you will be able to find the link to Mr. Bond's YouTube as well. And Thank you will you. also find his bio on our uh, page as well. And I would encourage you to subscribe to his YouTube channel. I would like to thank you so much, Mr. Bond, for being our special guest this evening. And thank you so much for all of the wonderful work that you're doing in our community, but not only in our community, but abroad as well. You are an amazing person and I am so happy to have met you. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time. This has been an outstanding opportunity. I thank everyone in the Lotus community for just hearing me babble about my uh, life and experiences and shenanigans for a bit. And hopefully we'll catch you on the next adventure. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.